Hey, 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 YouTubers and friends, sorry about my blonde moments. Uh, I had some issues on my end and had to fix them really quick. Tonight, we have a special show. We have a couple of Yukon miners joining us tonight. Yukon Alley and her other half. Um, I'm having a blonde moment right now because I forgot his name, but he'll he'll be introduced to us here in a minute. So, uh, hopefully my mic isn't blowing out too much, but hey, you know what's next. We'll be right back after this. YouTubers and friends, thanks for joining us for another episode of Tuesday Night Hangout Live with Toledo Jess, Gano, and I. Hey, a lot of people show up, man. It's, it's, it's really fun. We're right on the creek. <laughs> We're on the creek. We got, you know, vendors. Uh, we do a lot of kids stuff. Uh, you know, prospectors from all around the right. eastern part of the United States and Canada. One yeah, year, right. a guy came from Dubois, Dubai, Dubois. Yeah, Dubai. One year, right? Yeah, we had, yeah. Uh, we have kids events. You know, we have common dig. Uh, two days, two days. The kids have uh, their dig plus metal detector. Uh, they have a night dig or a night hunt. Wow, days. and when uh, is that? Yeah, it's fun. It's a good time. They've been doing it for how many years? That gold rush days? Yeah. Oh shoot, twenty something years now. Yeah, that's what I thought. I, I, I don't remember. I know it's been a long time. They've been doing it, and we're still finding gold in that creek. Over you know? twenty <laughs> some odd years, because I've been in Ohio for twenty two, going on twenty two years. Actually, next or this month, December, and it's been going on yeah, since right. I lived here. So it's been like 25 years. Yeah, we're talking about the swing. Absolutely. Hey, Troy Johnson, how long has Gold Rush Days been going on, Troy? See, he, he brought us on live without saying huh? anything. So we're live. <laughs> <right now. laughs> We've been live for a little while. I. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, okay. Since 2000. No. no, Ronald, not since 2015. Oh. Okay, Troy, it's a river. <laughs> to me, it's it looks like a creek. So swank ain't a river. The river. Clear Fork's a river. The Swank's the least. Just messing with you, Troy. Just messing with you. But yeah, that's a fun time. I mean, you know, we have, like I said, there's vendors, there's local vendors, there's national vendors, a few with equipment and you know and then wow. uh, people come and uh, swap their old equipment for new equipment and trade and barter and you know it's it's a fun time uh, huh. the, the, the uh the club's uh common dig sluice box is about a 30 foot long oh it's sluice. a pretty long wood built long tom yep very fun very cool 
Right on. And when it when does this happen? Every Labor Day weekend. Um, oh. First, the first weekend of uh, September, September, I believe. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it'd be in in your towards the ending of your mining season, I believe. So. Right. So there's no way I can leave because <laughs> we're usually panicking and and uh, running against the wall by that time of year. Right. Yeah. You, you up there in the Yukon, you have to make hay while the sun shines, or get gold right. while the sun shines, before the ice comes in and closes yeah. you down for the season. That's right. Yeah. Every year is a panic. I don't care. I don't care what gold miner you talk to. It's never enough, right? Oh. You're mining. You're mining. Not enough time. Not enough gold. Not enough time. Not enough equipment. Oh yeah, we're not. We're not gonna make it. We gotta keep going. Digging hey, can in. I, can I? Can I? stop you here for a second? Because yeah. uh, one of the things that one of the things that we we like to do is say hi to our chat room. And, yes. Uh, uh, we want. I'd like to say hi to our chat room here. We got. After all, they're the reason why 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 we are here in the first place. Boom. Right for you to say. No, that was difficult tonight, Jesse. <laughs> difficult. So, Brad Walsh, one of our Aussie friends. Welcome, Troy Johnson. Troy Johnson, personal friend and fellow Buckeye member and OSPA and Paul Cooper, the same. And Paul Cooper, I thought that was Joe. That is Joe. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a joke we have between the Cooper brothers, you know. We all, <laughs> we always call Joe, Paul, him. and Paul, yeah. Joe. Ert Radio, Ert was on time tonight, Ed. Kind of yeah, he cool. was. Jason, BC Treasure Trails. He's from Northern British Columbia. Our hey, international right. crowd. There we go. Uh, then we got... Uh, Jody Abel. Uh, it's Allie, a friend of her. Funky partner, big fan here from Saskatchewan. Yeah, that's one of my good welcome. friends. Welcome, welcome. Dan B. from hey, Chillin' and Grillin'. And welcome, TV. Jody. Hello. David Villa, Ron F. Prospecting and Outdoor Adventures. What's up? Hey, did we say hi to the world's greatest moderator? Mr. Uh, not yet, but we are right now. Hey, What's Mr. Lodak. Ohio Relic yeah. Hunter, how are you doing, Bill? Ron Epp. <laughs> and Top Notch, Randy Scotty Tony. You better not reply if you're still driving. Be safe, buddy. Um, up Top above. Notch. Ohio Relic Hunter. What's up? Hey, Paul, Belinda, uh, American Woodland Relics, Bacchus, good to see you. Up top, pinned to the top of the chat, I have Yukon Alley's YouTube channel. Make sure if you're not subscribed, go over there, show her some fat, show them some flash bam love. Also, okay, you, you could catch them on Facebook, the link's up there. Uh, TikTok, the link's also up there. And for tonight only, if you purchase 
any bags of dirt over at their website, which is also posted up there. Let me get this right. I think I have it right. For every gram you buy in the pay dirt, you get one entry into a contest where the winner will be decided on the 27th of this month. Correct? That's right. A three gram bag. Uh, yeah, three gram bag. This is from so gold from their one, mind. If you buy a one gram bag, you get one entry. If you buy a two gram bag, you get two entries. You buy a three gram bag, you get three entries. Now, if you buy an ounce, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You get 31 entries. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what a deal. What a no deal. <laughs> hey, my brother's in the room. James, how James, you doing? What's up? And hey, if, hey. if my youngest son's lurking, I told him I'd oh. be wearing a hat he bought me. It says, Good Dad Gang on it. Thanks, son. Welcome all of our lurkers out there. Yes. Top cat. Two toes. Two toes. Where else my sister sometimes lurks. Love our lurkers. Yes, we do. Ringo. What's up? Joe Dirt. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Roman, so, Roman with Ringo. I am. I still don't know why I always say Ringo like that. <laughs> Ringo. Hey, Dorsey Gallo. Long time no see. Another Canadian friend. Yep. All right, on. Bob's Pistols and Peter. He's lurking. Do it. <laughs> right on, right on. Welcome, welcome, all you new timers. If this is your first time here to uh, Tuesday Night Hangout Live, welcome to Flashing Your Pan. Uh, if you're not yet a subscriber, please feel free. Hit that subscribe button. It's absolutely free. And Hit that like and share share and you're commenting unless you're lurking and hit that thumbs <laughs> up let YouTube know you like our show and get us out oh. there a little bit Mark TVH you broke the ice welcome hello see you already said hello oh Mark the Berg Hunter we know better than that buddy another Canadian friend of ours you, yeah. you you brought out our connect friends tonight there you Allie. go canadians representing yeah yeah ron anders good to see you good to see you well let, let me pin up ali and her better half or her other half i should say <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm the pretty one <laughs> <laughs> Uh, David Carlisle, <laughs> welcome. Oh, that, that, that. <laughs> that's funny. So, oh, let me give a warning. 
their their portrait because they came on landscape and it was like looking at them like this so oh no uh, so uh, if you're wondering why they're portrait and not landscape that's why not that you <laughs> really give a gnat's ass but uh, david carlisle good to see you buddy wait i just saw my friend from the uk boy rob random you're up late thanks for joining us buddy all right now now you the spotlight's on you too uh oh are you done are you done Andy? i i think so i think oh, i'm okay. done i think i'm done sure for now so <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> But yeah, we're. I think we're done. Are you done, Josie? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, let the uh, beatings commence uh, with right. our our newest victims to Tuesday Night Hangout Live. Uh, <laughs> so I am. I was just gonna <laughs> ask a question. Okay, go ahead. Uh, are you in the Yukon right now? No, no, not right now. We're in Alberta. Ah, Alberta. Yeah. A very beautiful Providence. It is. It is beautiful. Great people. Yeah. Yeah, we're enjoying it. Is that where you're from? No, well, I grew up in Saskatchewan. Then I moved to BC. Now we spend like seven months a year in the Yukon. And we're spending the winter here in Alberta because um, I think this is where we're gonna hang our hat maybe for the winters we'll find out we'll see nice nice yeah. so, so how long you been uh, I know you you're working a, a claim right yeah you have, you have yeah. your own claim correct yeah well we have a bunch of claims we oh, actually a bunch of claims. okay yeah yeah so how yeah, long you been we, working that uh we just moved to these ones um last year was it Yep. Yeah, and yeah, it's been once when you move to a new creek, it's always a learning curve for quite a while. Right. And you, yeah. <laughs> so right. the first, the first year's never all that good unless you really uh, hit a lotto. But yeah, this was our second year here that just ended, and I think we're getting the hang of it, eh, Alan? Yeah. Yeah, figuring it out. So, so how long you been? Uh, how long you been mining? How did you get into mining? You started. How did I get into mining? I don't Either know. Both of you. Either one of you. As a kid, I started reading all about the gold rush. I think that's what got me hooked. And then I've loved heavy equipment since I, was, since I could walk. I started running bulldozers when I was five years old. And um, got my first gold pad when I was 10. In the 1980s, I lived in the Caribou and I started putting around there a little bit my interest and then I was building houses and running an excavating company in Canada if you're a millionaire one year and bankrupt the next that's just how our economy is it's rock and roll up and down up and down right and uh, I knew this guy who had a brother the one had a gold mine in the Yukon you wanted to retire and so I started talking with him and then I went to buy his mine when 
you know, I had one of these years where it was a great year, and then the next year all the work was canceled. So I, I didn't go gold mining. And so that's when I got my start. So my first year in Yukon was 95. Yeah. And her. And you just, uh, you either fall in love with it or you can't run away fast enough. Unfortunately, <laughs> both right, of us right. fell in love with it. <laughs> Oh yeah, you want you want highs and lows, both gold mining. Oh, I'm nearly been completely wiped out three times. You go from hero to zero, just yeah, like just that. Like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, with with mining, it's like you know, a uh, salesman, you know, beast or famine, you know. Um, like I was thinking, construction workers, you know, the, beast them too. and famine. Oh, yeah, them too. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. think it resembles farming. If you're a crop yeah. farmer. Because you know the weather, the weather dictates how you well you do. Sure. You can put the, the best crops, and then you know a hailstorm will come along, wipe it out, or a heavy rain, or you have a drought. Mine's just like that. Yeah. Uh, our our friend from Great Britain, Rob Random, he's a detectorist. He asked, would they say they have gold fever? <laughs> I think you have to, to be doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, to put yourselves to put yourself through what you put yourself through, you gotta have gold fever. You gotta be sick. <laughs> you, uh, but you know what? It is a life it's a lifestyle. Right. And it is for everybody. But for us it works. We uh that's what we love doing. Yeah, I don't know. I've never really thought I had gold fever. Personally. We have well, pain the bills fever. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean Gold is really tricky, and no one, no matter what anybody tells you, no one can tell you 100% where the gold is. If you could, there wouldn't be any gold left. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like it, it's very sneaky. And um, trying to outsmart it, that's that's my thing. And there's always something about hitting a mother load that no one ever found before. There's always that. And and you never know. Like Sometimes it's doing really good, and then all of a sudden it falls right off. And other times... You know, you'd be putting along, not too bad, and then all of a sudden it hits. And I think to some extent... That's gold fever. That's the thrill of when you yeah. hit it. Like one time I hit 50 ounces an hour. I was loose for two hours and I had to shut down to fix a squeaky bearing or something. And I looked in the box, I got 100 ounces in two hours flat. Holy and, Toledo. And, uh, that was way back. Yeah, it was uh, way back. Yeah. But unfortunately... Uh, we just yep. lit into it and it hung around for three weeks, I think, where, you know, we had to clean the box three times a day. And uh, I was just jumping and screaming. You, I'd never jumped that high in my life. I was jumping and screaming and throwing my hat. Like, that, that is something to see. Uh, that's was definitely quite the pastry, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've never seen one of those. But there's always next year. Yeah, well, right. I think that's, you gotta, you gotta have that. You gotta have that dream. Otherwise, it's you know, you gotta have that dream. What's, what's yeah. the point? Yeah, but this creek that we're on now, it has been heavily mined. Like, are we the fifth miners? Yeah. Like, time. if you start, that creek was mined in the gold rush, like 1898, because we're finding antiques from there, still, bit like buried. And then there's been three modern miners that we know of like that used equipment and then us it's like holy man how many times can you keep digging off that dirt and it's uh it's quite something 
Well, you, you think some of that has to do with uh, the, the mining methods that are being used today, as opposed to what they used back then? I mean, we were just talking about the uh, the 40 foot or 30 foot long um, wooden sluice that we have at the at the Buckeye Campers, Go on. Uh common digs. You know, that's that, when you think about it. Back then, that's what they were using. You know, yeah. that type of equipment. Oh, right now. Um, now. You got trommels, you got earth movers, you got, you know, all this other stuff. So you, you can move that dirt quicker, you move more of it. You can, but then you're taking a bigger gamble, right? Because right. when well, we... Absolutely, you know. It's, for you us know, to get hay dirt on this creek, it's between 15 and 50 feet. A couple of our cuts were this summer, and I got to tell you, I was panicking. <laughs> because we stripped down 50 feet and that's tens of thousands of dollars in fuel and um, wages and wear and tear on your equipment so we get down 50 feet and then find cribbing and tunnels and like this it looked like a cabin I swear to God they had morning meetings down there <laughs> in the gold rush. it was and, and once we've spent all that money I'm like oh shit like sorry for the language but i'm like what if they didn't leave us anything and now we got us that's scary and it's not just moving 50 feet of dirt it's permafrost it's yeah yeah you gotta break through it Today, you guys know how permafrost goes well you have to melt the permafrost before you can dig into it right no no that doesn't work that well do we'd you, be there forever do you guys know how deep permafrost goes in the ground no <laughs> No. 20 feet? I don't know. No. Between 150 and 300 feet. Wow. Wow. So the moral of the story is you're never getting underneath it. No. So if you're going down, you know, 20, 30, 40 feet, it's frozen solid all the way. And when you get down into the gravel, the, it <clears throat> permafrost gravels are harder than concrete. Our big dozers will rip solid cement easier than they will rip frozen gravel. Wow. And, and the, all the the muck, what we call black muck, if you, it's basically peat moss, but it, um, when it thaws, it turns into something, the exact consistency of fresh cow manure. So oh, once it's hot, you, you are, yeah, you are it's done. it's not fun. You're done. There's yeah. nothing you can do. You can't push it. You can't, you can't put it in the back of a dump truck. You can do absolutely nothing with it. So you... You either have to let it thaw and dry right out, which takes years, because it'll only drop, it'll only thaw five feet a year, and or you have to get the really big cats and you have to rip it and you have to rip it out of there. And um, if anybody's ever sat on a bulldozer and ripped all day every day, that's it's hell. Because, it would be a really a good <laughs> idea to have a massage there. Because you constantly have to watch what you're doing, right? Because big frozen chunks come up and get caught in the ripper. They come up and they try to rip off ripper control bells, like all the closes and do all kinds of damage. So you have to keep a really close eye on what you're doing. So you're always turned around looking over your neck, and your your neck's turned around looking over your shoulder, and you're getting you're getting hammered, right? Because the rip, ripping doesn't go smooth. Like it, it jerks and jars you, and then you spin out, and it's 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 really 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 hard work so when you talk about people who mind it before they took all the easy stuff and so what's left now is the really hard really deep really expensive stuff and so the yeah. risk is way higher and 
And um, sometimes, you know, we'll go for a walk and we'll stand there staring at a stretch. There's a couple stretches that we're going to take out next year. And they're 50 feet deep and, you know, half mile long each. And I'm worried already. <laughs> no, you don't just have to dig down 50 feet. You're coming out with hundreds of thousands of yards of material and you got to find a place to put it. Yeah. You're in a little narrow valley and you, you got to find somewhere to put all the stuff. That sounds like <laughs> me working on the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to move stuff to, to get in there to work out, but I got room to move stuff, so yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. a long way to answer to your question. But. Yeah. Well, that's okay yeah. now. So, I I did see one of your videos where you were you were cut through and you did find all that all that shoring and that wood. Uh, I mean, I thought of Oak Island as soon as I saw that, but uh, you know, everybody said that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you don't you don't even start making pay until you get down there do you have a lot of people working for you no that's why you know alan's motto and it's become mine is a small team big machines right so you have the least amount of people screwing up your life out in the middle of nowhere but you're still moving a massive amount of dirt right yeah you gotta you gotta keep it i we like to keep it small because you have to live with these people it's not like you can just go i don't feel like hanging out with you tonight i'm going to the bar like no that's three hours away so right. yeah we prefer to just uh buy big pieces of equipment and move the same amount of dirt as somebody would that had a d8 or with 20 employees we'll have four or five okay are are your employees family or friends or not even friends keep it strictly on a, a business <laughs> level well they become friends when you're because you live with them every day for, for months so most people become friends some of them are lifelong friends yeah lots of people will tell you 20 years down the road that it's the best time of their life and they wish they would have stuck to it but it's hard because you're so far away like from your major centers we're 2,000 miles from major centers and so if people have kids or you know and family members at home it's hard to be that far away and it's the season's relatively short it, it's really expensive to travel back and forth so it's hard to find people that want to that stay will, that want to live that lifestyle yeah. right like you said that is definitely a, a whole different lifestyle that's a not just a, uh not even just a job it's a lifestyle i mean it's it's how you pay your bills at all but it, yeah. it's an actual lifestyle. It's not something that you get to punch a clock out and go home. <laughs> no, and that's, you know, people don't understand when they've never um, <clears throat> lived like that. Like we're off grid, obviously. There's no cell service. There's no, we run a generator for power. We pump our water out of the creek for our camp. And, and right. people, they're just in shock when they show up and they're flicking a light switch and it's like, how come my lights aren't coming on? And it's just like, oh, well, you're, yeah. you're not in the city anymore. Yeah, people are yeah, used to it. work for lights up here. Yeah. <laughs> people are used to just flipping a light switch for power and turning a tap on for water. Right. Not everybody's kind of homesteader like anymore. No. And they don't like it. 
a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it all requires yeah. maintenance, right? Yeah. So. There's no downtime with what with with your lifestyle. No, it's exactly right because when you get off of work, then you have all the chores to do around camp, like right. water, power, and servicing generator, and you know, and cleaning up, cooking, and cleaning, you know, all the and camps always break down. There's always stuff going on, right? The furnace yeah. doesn't work, the hot water tank doesn't work. There's, you know, the door latch won't hook. The, the oven quit. You know, it never ends. Yeah, those yeah. are things that you can't you can't go. Well, we'll take care of that tomorrow. You know, exactly. We don't have no lights or water yeah. tonight, but we'll take care of that tomorrow. No, you got to get on it right then and there. That's There's right. No, no, we'll just add it to the honeydew list. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got to do it now. Yeah, yeah I've got it done. There's, There's no such thing as getting repairmen out. That's not at all. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, that's got to be a pain. So, you, so being up there, you also got to be the the mechanic. The, the welder, the the electrician, the plumber, you have to be all those things. Prospector, the in, mining engineer, they're all yep. up together. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And some yeah. of it we, we do better than others, right? So I, I don't, personally, I don't like doing electrical stuff. This has never been my thing, but you gotta do it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, mechanics are pretty expensive. We don't, we try not to get them out unless it's absolutely necessary. Luckily, Alan knows what he's doing from working on equipment for so many years. It's we're extremely lucky that way. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so uh, these guys are these guys are chomping at the bit. Talk about some gold. Let's see who is that? What's the what's the biggest slug of yellow you guys have ever found? That's from Brad Welch. From Australia. Mm, oh, we don't yeah. find gold like they do in Australia. No. Those, those big ones. But you've found. Yeah, in the past, I, I've gotten one four ounce and one seven ounce. Quite a few three ounces, lots of two ounces, and hundreds of one ounce. But the biggest piece was seven ounces. Nice. Actually, on for me, like for us together, the biggest one we found is a one ouncer, and Freddie Dodge still has it. So, Freddie, if you happen to be listening tonight or somebody tags you, I want my freaking nugget back. <laughs> he took yeah, we, it. That was that's somebody we'd like to get on this show. Was that part of his payment to help your mind? Badge, uh, go ahead and you know let him know we'd like to get him on our show one night so there you go i will no he took it he he knows a guy because there was a bunch of quartz in this nugget but it was over an ounce it was like 35 grams or something and wow. he said i have a guy that can take the quartz out and i'm like perfect let's do it so i i gave it to him and then i didn't get to see him this year because they all got covid when they were filming in the yukon so they had to quarantine so I don't know. I'll have to track him down at Con Expo or something. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put the word out there. Yeah. There you go. Allie's looking for you, Freddie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Um, now, Robert DePotty wants to know, what was it like to meet Freddie Dodge and his partner? They're awesome. Like, so much fun. Exactly what they are on the camera, they're 10 times funnier off. Like, they are just a great bunch of guys. Eh? Oh, yeah, it's just, 
It's like the Keystone Cops are out They there. are. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> and their whole film crew was just amazing. Like they, you know what what they portray uh, on the screen is exactly them in real life. They are best friends in real life. Like from what we could see, we hung out with them quite a bit, and th they are just awesome people for sure. Yeah, we really missed them when they left. Yeah, we did. They were a good luck. Yeah, time. we were all just standing there, heads drooped down. Yeah, totally. Sad, sad day. <laughs> Ohio Ohio Relic Hunter says you should put a missing poster. Have a yeah. Have you seen oh. this nugget last seen in yeah. front of Bernie's <laughs> <laughs> hands on the way to the courts removed? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's too funny. Yeah, no, they. That were, would be funny. Start spreading it out all over the internet. Yeah, yeah. This nugget? Yeah, Yukon Alley wants her nugget back. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. You can't say I blame you, you know. Really? Oh, you know, I trust him. I, I, uh, I'll get it. He'll be back in the Yukon next year, so I'm not worried. Excellent. We just like to tease him. Yeah, I always tease him. Now, how how is it, how has shows like uh, Gold Rush affected your personal mining? Has it been positive, negative? We it's a mixed bag, you know, because the shows make it look easier than it actually is because of their sponsors right so so then some people come up and to go mining and it's they find real fast that it's not near as easy as it looks on television but long in the long haul i think it'll be good yeah because it um you know like greenies and government and all that kind of stuff i think that they're um they're they get a better idea of what it's like and it's it's a major tourist attraction it's a yes you know it's a, it's a very positive attraction so i think in the long run it might actually keep our industry alive i just saw a news article that mining like especially during covid but the mining industry in the yukon accounted for 97 percent of their what their uh income like yeah. whatever like their like, tax revenue and stuff that's yeah, right 97 percent. so yeah without us you know it's a ripple effect because we hire right. people we give them jobs we're buying all our food like well we like to support local and buy all our food there and we buy as many parts and supplies as we can locally and so yeah it's a huge ripple effect for seven months of the year six to seven yeah Right. So yeah. Uh, only thing like Jesse and I really wish they'd do more of, even though it's kind of a duller end. I I know um, Dave Turin's uh, touched on it a little with Dave Turin's Lost Minds, but the reclamation process. Exactly. That's what I keep saying. Yeah, we had a because, chat with them about that. Yeah, we said, you guys need to show that because, you know, people, they watch Gold Rush and all they see is 
the ground being pillaged and masses everywhere and in reality that's not what it's like because you can't do that you can't get away with it right right. that's one of the things we try to explain on this show too to to people the people the new people that don't understand you know most of our chat room here is pretty knowledgeable on that but yeah the reclamation is a part that's really important that that your average joe doesn't see on these shows and that really man if they would just do that it would help so much well now you've opened up a can of worms i'm gonna go refill my drink and let alan explain <laughs> what mining does for the flora and fauna of the yukon okay, well just for starters there's almost no virgin ground left anymore and if you've ever set foot on a permafrost valley that is nothing but a mosquito infested swamp like there's you can barely walk through it like if you go staking claims on permafrost is some of the hardest work you'll ever do it's um the moss up to two feet deep and it's absolutely full of holes like solid holes like 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 moose prints so like there are these holes are six inches around they're almost touching each other and they're they're a foot to two feet deep so you're slipping in there twisting your ankles and they're all full of water so no matter what boots you wear and after the first 15 minutes your feet are soaked and you can't really walk you're stumbling and tripling and through there there's cobweb all all spiders make all their cobwebs at five feet so that means that you have cobwebs in your face all day, every day. They get every, as soon as you got one cleared off your face, you walk into another one. And branches swatting you, you get eaten alive by mosquitoes. <laughs> it's just nasty, right? So it's not a, it's not a friendly place. After we go through, we turn it over, and um, and then we slope it off. Well, now there's seeds in that, in all that old dirt there. You know, it's been permafrost for 300,000 years, so there's lots of frozen seeds in there. When we turn it over, they all take off. And because there's so much daylight, it turns green instantly. And then you bring in all the fresh growth comes up right away. Willows mostly in grass. <clears throat> While the willows make food and hiding places for the rabbits. And as soon as you have rabbits, then everything comes out that chases rabbits, the foxes, the, the wolves, etc., the owls, the eagles. And... Um, when they come out, the other stuff comes out, and of course the moose live on the willows in the winter. They go down in the valleys where it's warm. That's where they hang out in the in the winters. There's very few willows because naturally, but because we've sloped it all off, and when, when we're done, and um, the willows come up so thick that you can't walk through them, they come up like hair on a dog's back, right? So now there's ten tons of food for the moose and pretty much all other wildlife. And another thing that no one ever says is, we were talking about being the fifth miners on this creek. Well, 100 years ago, there was no such thing as reclamation. And even 50 years ago, there was very little. Right. And 40 years ago, it was nowhere near as, um, done as well as what we do today. So most of these areas are torn to smithereens when we get there. And as we remine it, we do it updated to, to um, modern... Um, reclamation stand. So all these creeks are now that were big masses are all being cleaned up and contoured and stuffed properly and proper creek beds put into place. So and most of the mining that's done today is actually just cleaning up masses from fifty to hundred years ago. Well you know that's that's something I had yeah, that's something I hadn't even thought about. The fact that back in those days and back in the you know, during the gold rush and those since then 
that there hasn't been any kind of reclamation uh, regulations up until recently. So, yeah, I imagine that that would be, that even makes it better because you're actually going behind the old timers and cleaning up their mess. Which is kind of what, you know, us prospectors, when we go out, we clean up other people's messes if, if we run into it, you know. So that's yeah. kind of, that's that's something I'd never even thought about that you guys do that. That's awesome, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some places you can't do that where you know, like where they 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 uh, uh, used uh, monitors to tear down a mountain. You're never gonna get that mountain back for sure. No. You know, but at least at least you're up there. You're able to clean some of that up. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. We try. We do well, the best. You know, it's, it's more than than what's been done in the past, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what I was going to do as well. I haven't done a YouTube video in a year and a half. It's really bad, but I'm getting back on that now to do our season, and I'm gonna do a video on what it was really like filming with the Freddie Dodge guys. So I'll start with that. But I also want to show how we reclaim the creek, like what it looked like when we got there after, and then after we mined it and we're moving on to the next area so so it shows that we aren't these you know big bad people that just kill right. the land like we don't you know that's that's the thing that uh us us <laughs> prospectors you know i know the, the this channel we promote going out teaching youngsters and showing them you know, the stuff that, that that we clean up out of the creeks, showing them the reclamation that we do. You know, even as a small scale, we show that to them so that they understand it. And what you see on TV is not the total picture, you know? Yeah. So, and, and, and yeah, if you're going to start doing videos again, uh, it would be awesome if you would include that in your videos every once in a while to show people, yeah, where are we claiming? We, we don't tear it up. For sure. Any, any little bit can help you, will help this community. That's right. And I agree with you. You have, um, that's awesome that you keep showing the younger generation how to get outside, number one, like throw your phone in the yeah. creek and yep. start, yep. you know, like get outside and look after the land because that's all we have. Right. So that is cool. But yeah, I want to show it like a year or two after to show the difference and what you sure. see like between the permafrost and then what happens after we're done and all the, you know, flora and fauna that come back, it's unreal. And nobody has done that yet. So yeah, that, that'll that be next year's project. Yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of the YouTubers are doing that. A lot of the miners are doing that. You know, the prospectors, the, the, the YouTube community here, a lot of these guys are starting to do that more often. They're showing the trash okay. that they off. There's, there's a couple guys out there that that's basically their show, <laughs> you know. Oh, okay, that's you know, they good. go out, they go prospecting, but it winds up they're cleaning up more than they're prospecting, which is fine. They're 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 doing their thing, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would be that would be awesome. We we try to do the same. Yeah, um, exactly. It doesn't matter what scale it's on as long as you're doing it right. Right, right. right. I mean, I I I've, I've seen the the greenies go out there and have rallies and leave the place way worse than they found it I mean, <laughs> oh, oh yeah oh yeah yeah 
Nasty. <laughs> it reminds me of a hippie's campground I cleaned up in the Cascades in Washington. Oh, no. I, 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 they saw me prospecting, and they kind of gave me a lecture on um, hurting Mother Earth. And I went to their campsite after they vacated, after being there like three weeks or something. There was aluminum cans in the hearth, diapers, trash, broken rear chairs, and I, I think I took like five bags of trash to the U.S. Forest Service office, and I, I actually have a rant on it I made in like 08, or I think it was. Right <laughs> <laughs> on. But, yeah, it's, I'm like, these people give me a hard time about just prospecting, you know. I'm I'm not mining at all. I'm just out poking around, doing a little pan here, a little pan there, cleaning yeah. a crack there. And they raked me up one side down the other. And then after they vacate their their camp, I literally pull out a truck bed of trash out of their camp. Right. Oh man, that's just unreal. Yep. Say hi. We got some new people showed up. What's up, other Ed? HD. Oh, Eddie. Kelly Eddie. And that's right, moto mining hi. hypocrites. Hippocrites. Yeah. Hippocrites. Hippocrites. Gary <laughs> Curry, welcome. What's up? Moto Mining's another BC miner from the beautiful uh, Vancouver Island. Nice. Jason AU Colorado says hi to you too. Awesome. That's so cool. Black Bass Painters. Brand, what's up? Barbara, good Barbara. to see you, Dirt hey. Pirate. Um, Tech, welcome. And Kane, good to see you finally made it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but Marty I do appreciate you watching the replay and leaving a comment, buddy. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, John okay. Pan, welcome, John. BC Miner here. Um, BC Miner here, Crankbrook doing it with my big high banker. Excellent. Nice. Uh, Cran Cranbrook is that in the Barkerville Caribou District or? No, it's in the Kootenays. Okay. So, and where is that? Like it's, close to Calgary, really. The yeah. closest big city I think would be Calgary. Oh, so it's closer to Alberta, huh? It's in it's the, not far from the Alberta border. Yeah. An hour or two, I think. Yeah. Did we it say is. hi to Dreamnet when he was Dave when he was in here? Hey, what's up, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave. Better late than never, if you're oh, still here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, three hours south of Calgary. There you there go. You go. So, when, when you're talking about some greenies, some of them, you can't even talk to them because they're living in a wooden house complaining about people cutting down trees. And then they have... <laughs> you know, 
the, <laughs> uh, and vinyl siding on their house. Or maybe a plastic yurt. Yeah, they well, yeah, yeah, there you <laughs> go. Don't forget, don't forget, texting on their, their iPhone. That's right. It's like some of them, I, I just don't know what to say. Uh, sitting there texting That's on their iPhone, complaining about miners. Right, yeah, yeah. right, right. <laughs> Gold in every iPhone. You just smile and nod and just go on with your life. Yeah. Because there's no point. Well, you know. You know what happens when you argue with an idiot? You end up with two idiots. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like arguing <laughs> with someone who's totally drunk, you know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, you know, we're out there because we love being out there. You know, we are out there from the, when the creek is frozen solid when we get there in the spring. And it's frozen solid pretty much when we leave in the fall. So as yeah. long as there's water running, we're there. Yeah. You know, we're there to, we see all four seasons, winter when we get there pretty much. Like mm -hmm. this this year we were the snow was four feet deep when we got there and the martins went through half our camp oh my god and so, all those little varmints you know, huh yes we only um some people give us the oh my god you're out there wrecking the environment we're the ones who are out there living in it because we love being out there we're mm -hmm. not out there to wreck right. it we're out there we love it we're we're the ones that you know fix it when there's big floods and all that kind of stuff we we um we spend an awful lot of our time well you're you're the real um conservationists like loggers and and other people that make their living out in the woods and in the wilderness you know uh, they're true conservationists and they want to hand down that to the next generation and so on and so on. We tend to be better stewards of the land than like the preservationists that say there shouldn't be no human activity there, shouldn't be no mining, no logging, no hunting. Then then it turns around and overpopulation and disease with animals and uh, no one to glean the forest, forest floor. So then you have forest fires like they do in California and Oregon now that devastate the areas instead of, you know, yeah. yeah. Some some of these people, they just have no real clue. They get indoctrinated uh, from whatever source that they're listening to. Well, Re I think the biggest problem is they grew up in a city. Uh, that's a huge part of it. I I grew up in the country. I grew up in a city. Yeah, I, yeah, I, mean, in a city. I, don't, I don't think it's quite that simple. Uh, but, yeah, that has a lot to do with it. They, they don't get out. I at least got out. Growing up, I we traveled across the country, so you know, went to Texas and stuff. My dad went on; we went on vacation. But how many yeah, so much that is that? It's people don't understand where anything comes from. They're not educated. Exactly. That's you know, right. even if you lived in the city and you got educated, you would understand that without you know, mining. First and now, foremost, you wouldn't have food. That's you the know? ironic part of all of it is I don't I can't speak for everywhere, but in Canada, the most howling comes from cities. They they don't like farming. Sure. 
but but the cities are where they consume all the goods. They don't right. like logging, but most of the logging, all the trees get cut down, made into lumber, and sent to the cities. Right. They don't like, but the pipelines run to the cities so that they have can heat their homes and have you know fuel. <laughs> and so everything goes to the cities. The cities are where it's consumed, not us in the hinterland. <laughs> we hardly consume right. anything. Well, of course, that's what I'm saying. They're not educated. They don't understand where that stuff is coming. There's no one's taught them that, yeah, your food doesn't come from the grocery store. Yeah. You at the grocery store. I, I was just going to say something along those lines like, oh, don't hurt that cow. You can buy it from the store. Yeah, why would you want to go hunt for for meat? Why would you want to have a farm? You can go to the store and just get it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the that's the lack of education that that people have. And that's, that's right. that, uh, you know if you're if you're in the city and you're in a crowded condensed area like that, yeah, you're only going to go as far as you're you're allowed to go. <laughs> you know they don't yeah. teach you that there's more out there. You know, teach you what's right in front of you. I don't know. I'm getting off on a danger. Let's show some gold. Let's get everybody all, all uh, excited with some gold porn. I hear you have some gold porn you want to yeah, show. Yeah, this is one of our favorite ones because it's like a really chunky, got quartz in it. <clears throat> And, and if you guys long. have not checked out, if you guys have not checked out Ellie's YouTube page, you you want to see some gold porn? She's gonna she's gonna gold porn you to death. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we only show the the good stuff, right? Yeah. You you can only you can only cry and uh, <laughs> panic so much on video. Who wants to hear that? You want to. <laughs> See the good parts, right? Right, yeah, right. Want, yeah, absolutely. Want to see that shiny, the, them, them pans that you like to show. That's the right. Loose boxes you like to, to show after you get done running. Oh, look at all that! I don't know. <laughs> so I know that, too was... that your your gold is dirty. Yeah, it's well, we're close to the source, right? So right. this stuff we're on right now, it's um. It is. It's uh, it's dirty. It's got lots of rock in it, unless it's the really, you know, the smaller stuff. But our nuggets are typically really rocky. So I, you know, that one. I don't know if you guys saw that one video, but we were bored this summer. I had like this 12 gram nugget, but it was a rock. It literally had like three specks of gold on it, right? But it weighed 12 grams, and that rocks don't usually weigh that much. All right. So I'm like, who's going to buy this, right? Nobody's going to go, was, oh, that's a nugget. It's it got a, three stacks of gold. <laughs> so we got had a few beer one night, and the one guy, the welder, we always bring up our favorite, you know, Darcy guy. He got out his, his uh, grinder, and we cut open this nugget, and inside it was so gorgeous, the gold and the quartz. So it is full of gold. But on the outside, it looks like this ugly rock with three specks of gold. Well, I got trolled because I just 
what did I do? I wrecked this beautiful oh, specimen that somebody would have paid all this money for. And I'm like, on what planet? The truth is, you didn't <laughs> really give them away because they're so they're ugly. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure by now you've realized that uh, people will pay more for a specimen than that same amount of gold and just, you know, plastic gold. They will, but that one was ugly. They're going to look at it and go, I'm not paying you for that. It's a rock. And furthermore, that's the first words of everybody's mouth. Oh, there's hardly any gold in. It's all rock. Yeah. Cut that one open. No. It was, it was an Yeah, won't put it on. won't put it online again. No, yeah, there's, there's also <laughs> another treasure you found that's not quite as old as the gold you find, but it's prehistoric. Which uh, one? Which one? Oh, yeah, it's like you find the tusks? mammoth tusks and oh yeah, yeah, that one's still still up there. Yeah, the big one's still up there. Yeah. yeah, that was huge, and that was only a piece of it. Like there was no tip and no end, and it was I couldn't lift one end of it with both. Like, yeah, ivory is really heavy. If you if you get a you know eight foot tusk and you go grab it and think you're gonna throw it over your shoulder, go good luck. <laughs> you don't make it very far. Your knees start to shake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are well, pretty, pretty valuable, though, aren't they? Uh, it depends. Like first, you have to go to the, if you want to take it out of the Yukon, you have to go to the government, the paleontologist, and see if they think it holds like uh, value to them, like for studying or whatever. And if it does, they'll keep it. And if it doesn't, then you're allowed to sell it. But in the Yukon, it's I don't know, maybe thirty, forty bucks a pound. Yeah. About that, it's. It's not like oh, it's it's right, more right. old. So uh, finds like that are they're not super rare then. No, I don't know. We get one or two. Some some yeah. places you'll get a whole bunch. Yeah, they're not super rare. No, it's it's actually as rare that we have a year we don't find at least one piece. That's true. Yeah. Oh. We usually find one. The deeper the ground you go in, the more likely you are to find them. Yeah. You, you rarely find them in shallow ground. You got to get down 30, 40 feet. And the ones that go in 100 to 200 feet, they usually find lots of them. Yeah. They that, used to go down by the creek, the ancient creek bed. So that's why everybody always says, oh, that's a good sign if you found a mammoth task, you know, because you're looking for the original creek beds for your gold right. right so that's that's usually the uh the good luck charm doesn't always hold true like david via says rare but not big money makers exactly yeah, exactly. yeah. but they're just cool right yeah i i think that'd be as cool to find as a nugget you know Hell yeah you know what is even cool. hanger, huh? yeah but even cooler is even these old timers like finding stuff from the gold rush that still looks like oh. it was there yesterday. Like yeah, that's I bet. I bet. Hey, Greenhorn Prospector, what's up? Yeah, didn't you? Uh, you just got opened up a mine, didn't you? Yeah. Last season, yeah, and you found that boot. This poor boot. This had quite the trip. So we, I dug it out of a shaft. 
or tunnel drift. Some people call them drifts. We call them tunnels, but they're technical terms of drift, right? <clears throat> so I dug it out of the drift, but I didn't see it. It was in the pay dirt. I loaded it into a back of a 40-ton dump truck. We hauled it a mile, dumped it out. Then, it got sluice. Then we fed it through the trommel, and it went up into the rock pile. And then we take the, the rocks, like the oversize, and we use them to fix the roads and rebuild the roads. Last year it rained almost every day and we couldn't keep our roads. It was a so mess. We have a, you, have, you know, you end up with, you know, I don't know, a thousand yards of rocks or something behind the plant every couple of days. So this boot got loaded from the rock pile into the dump truck again and then hauled back up the road a mile and dumped on the road. And then I spread the rocks out with a D10 and then I was walking up the road with an excavator. That's when I saw it. So, <laughs> so and it still came out looking like this. Exactly, so, it still was in pretty decent shape for going through all that. So, yep. Any idea how old the shoe is itself? I don't know it? how old this one because it's got a lather top. But yeah, I put it on Facebook and people. They thought maybe 20s or 30s, but I'm not sure. There's no markings or anything. It's just, yeah, but what name. the hell is it doing 40 feet down in a tunnel? Like what, oh, you just, like these guys are doing this in the middle of winter when it's minus 40, minus 50 out. Are you gonna leave a boot down there on purpose? No. I would on purpose. So uh, yeah, it's just, <laughs> Yeah, it was well worn. The tread's worn right off the bottom of it. Yeah. Well, oh, it Peter, you're dumping out yeah, Peter. Yeah, I dumped Peter. <laughs> <laughs> it Poor thing, but it sure went for a ride. Yeah, it, it must... did. And it survived all of that. And there very well could have been another one, but we only found this one. Yeah. Or Lots maybe of... that's that, that for, you know how you go down the road? There's always that one tennis shoe laying on the side of the road. There you go. How'd that get there? That is true. <laughs> that is true. David Villa said maybe a miner ran out of it running from a bear. Well, that could be. Well, we have a mystery in that you would not believe how many bullets we find. Oh. That ex expended bullets that are down 40 feet down. And, you know, somebody shot them into the gravel. They're all bent and buckled and all that kind of stuff. Now, what are they doing discharging firearms underground? And if you've ever discharged a firearm in a small space, you know the noise is beyond. Oh, yeah, it's loud. And every year we find bullets. In our cleanups. In our, in our like... <laughs> in our In our goals. Like, what on earth were they shooting at down there? <laughs> I don't know if they had shootouts underground or what. It's just but. mysteries. Mad Tommy yeah. knockers. So, yeah. Well, are you guys are you guys are you guys going through their their diggings or are you digging in their mine? We're digging where they mine. They're We're, digging. Yeah. You're you're digging what they've already mined. So you're going That's, through their tailings and their, their you know, tail. Their tunnel, like they tunnel down, right? Uh -huh. well, they'll shaft they'll start fires melt down through the permafrost right. and then they dig out they get to the pay dirt level haul it up with buckets or whatever then they store that for the season to run right That's they do all they, that yeah. during oh, the so winter you're running, their, you're running their ore piles there no 
their no, no. they uncovered their drift mine tunnels and they're yeah. they're mining the material that they were mining that's right well, yeah okay got it yeah they're they're their old spoil piles and all that they're long gone they would have been up on the surface and they've been bulldozed away or washed away decades all, all right all right yeah, so why so with the bullets that we're finding are 40 feet underground yeah it's what just on earth are bullets doing down there like it's not they're not live rounds they're they've been expended they've been shot into something because they're all you know mushroomed uh drum to texas maybe they had a big fight you know someone may have got all humphrey bogart's sierra madre and got all <laughs> greedy with gold <laughs> fever and like Could be. It's possible. You, yeah, you never know. Because <laughs> sure we, we, happen. we, anyone in in the lifestyle, especially on your end, uh, if we see it a little on our end as just prospectors and your miners, you see, uh, gold fever either brings out the best in people. Or the most wicked, evil side of a person. You've got that right. And you know what else? You can tell which one it's going to be in under a minute. Yeah, you. Yeah, you. It's crazy. You'll see people that get gold fever at holy moly month. Yeah, and, and they're either like really excited and they're just happy to be part of the journey, or within a minute their eyes turn black. I'm not lying. <laughs> it's yeah. like this it's the that's why they call it a fever it looks like but, they have a fever it's and, like, and, and, and on our end we see the same thing but we see it in the form of i'm going to do this this and this and make a ton of money prospecting next to these people that aren't making no money because i'm going to get out there and work and work and work and work and work and hustle and bustle and and do this and then after you know, the the end of the year, they go, oh, look, I got an ounce. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> you, 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 you actually worked for it, but you didn't get rich. You yeah, probably right. spent way more than, 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 than what you got back on it. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. But, you yeah, know, it's quite something. But, yeah, you see that. I've, hey, I've seen people get all excited about coming out literally go out and build an build an expensive piece of equipment like a nice beautiful high banker get it all set up take it out to the creek throw in a half dozen or so shovelfuls of dirt maybe work a half a day and go this is too me. much work <laughs> too much work that's too much work you know yeah. they forget about the work that has to be done to get the equipment in get it set up that's, oh you know, yeah you guys have to haul all that in a lot of times just on your backs, right? Or carrying yeah, it in. Daily. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's work. Now, uh, Brad Welsh, our friend from Oz, says, One thing I can't understand, how the heck can you find a gal that loves gold prospecting? <laughs> you have done well, mate. My wife just thinks I'm a, just a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we are full-grown men playing in mud puddles after all. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and women, yes. 
I don't know. She um, she said that I talked her into coming up and trying it, and she said she'd give me three or four years, and she was she never had a smile on her face, and her eyes weren't bright. She was cold, dead serious. Yeah. And then we we started together after we sold the resort and all this stuff, and and we went up there on a wing and a prayer and. Oh yeah, that and was 2016, and she was she was all gung ho, and and then like about a month later, she came to me and said that she loved it and she didn't want to do anything else. And I was speechless. I'm still speechless over it. To be honest, I never saw it coming. <laughs> Nobody sees me coming. Yeah. <laughs> so was it was it the right. actual was it the actual gold or the being able to run the heavy equipment? I know you it mentioned was, that you fell in love with. Oh, totally. I, it's all of it. I didn't, I was always like a really super social butterfly. I, I was always like hosting parties and going out and this and that. And I love being around people. And I'm like, what the hell? You want to drag me into the middle of nowhere? <laughs> Seven months a year during the best time of the year in Canada. And, uh, but I was, um, we didn't really, there was no choice. He said, this is the only way I know how to possibly make a good living for us. And he goes, if you don't like it, we'll do something different. And I said, okay, well, I'll give you three years. Cause I know he knows what he's doing. I knew that he's a smart, right. smart man. So we loaded up one RV with all our belongings. Uh, went up north and started digging holes with one excavator. We didn't even have a high banker. We didn't have a truck, like no equipment. We had one excavator. And we started digging holes and we sold a task, I think, and bought a high banker. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously. And we're digging, digging, digging. And I'm like, what in the hell have I gotten myself into? And like finding nothing. Right, day after day, the mosquitoes and the black flies, they're eating us alive and the rain, it's pouring. And I'm like, what in the hell did I just do? And so we came home, had lunch, and I was in tears because still nothing, right? And we put everything into this. We were going to town once a week to fill a tidy tank with fuel. Town to is an eight-hour round, round trip. trip, and a tidy tank holds a hundred gallons, and the fuel tank on the excavator is one hundred and fifty gallons. Yeah. So, so we went back. And I was crying. <laughs> I <laughs> ate lunch. I drank a beer, and I'm like, I'm not giving up yet. <laughs> <laughs> Alan goes, Yeah, me either. So we go back out, and I swear to God, the very next hole we dug, we got gold. And he starts jumping around. He's like, yes, I did it. Because this ground was also thawed, which is almost impossible to find in the Yukon. And that was it. And then, so a good friend um, sold us a trommel. And he said, I know you guys are good for it. Just pay me, you know, when you're able. And we paid him that season with it. And off we went. And just that knowing we were going to be okay doing something we loved and I got hooked on the excavator and the bulldozer and all that I just it's just a life like it's hilarious she was she'd be sluicing and and uh if ever you saw the water stop running off the sluice runs or 
running down, you know, running <laughs> yeah. down the trail through the settling ponds. You look over there, and all you see is heels heading around the end of the trail. She's heading to the, the sluice runs to see if there's any nuggets in it. We had way better nuggets <laughs> on the last week. She couldn't stand to feed the box more <laughs> two or three hours at a time. She had to go check to see if there's any nuggets. Yeah. So five times a day, she's looking for nuggets. <laughs> you go into the machine, and she's got a little little hoard of nuggets in the cup holder every day. She's hilarious. Mm-hmm. You do that now? No, not now. This this creek, it's not um, it's not really nuggety, and it's not as pretty. Before, like we had a much shittier trommel too. Again, sorry for the language, but. I would stop it just to make sure the nuggets weren't running off the end, right? And I'd stop it and find nuggets. Like I'm talking nuggets at the end of the sluice run. So yeah, I was stopping it every two hours. <laughs> it was only a 50 foot walk to the pump and the gym. Yeah, it was super easy. It was, it was an easier setup. Now the pump's 500 feet away, so it's... So, so how much... Uh, how much? How long is your sluice boxes? How long are your sluice boxes? I think I saw three. three. Oh, I think maybe box. fourteen feet. Yeah. And those and, are all what moss, expanded metal, ribble. Yeah, but you, we vary it. We we start off with a nugget trap slash boil box, and then it gets slicked a little bit and goes through standard one inch riffles. And then it gets slicked again and goes over expanded metal. Then it gets slicked again and goes over smaller expanded metal and widened out. That's so, what Freddie put in. Yeah, that's what Freddie put in on the bottom there. We take, I guess we have one, two, three. We take, we take about five cracks at it with five different chances. We have, we have a second and a half from the time the slurry enters the first part of the riffles till it goes off. The, off the end distance runs you have one and a half seconds to catch the gold. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let me see. Secret Creek Prospecting asks, which... Oh, I'll wait till Allie gets back for that one. Uh, Moto Mining, um, he's British Columbia, Vancouver Island area. How do you feel about mining the sides of the mountains, like high benches? Well, high benches are the ancient channels, right? They're yeah. That's just the that's just where the river used to run. That's quite often your best your best area. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Caribou Gold Rush, but a little. And in the Caribou, it, it was filthy, filthy rich and around Barkerville and Balls and such, and Quinell. And uh, this one guy, like 95% of the miners were Americans in Canada those days. It wasn't Canadians who did all that miners, all Americans. And this one guy came up from New York, I think, and he was a, well, he was green to outdoors, right? <laughs> and he knew nothing about mining. And he showed up and um, asked all the miners where a good spot to, to start prospecting, right? Well, they thought they'd play a joke on him. They told him to go up on top of the mountain. <laughs> and so he went up there and he found an ancient channel that was richer than all of them. They were <laughs> <laughs> so to answer your question, yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with going for the high channels. And in British Columbia, personally, I think that's better. You have a lot less restrictions because you're not mining in a 
in a creek, right? Or anywhere near a creek. You're up you're up on a up on a channel where there's you're not disturbing anything other than the ground you're disturbing. You're not into a a water table or anything. There's there's a a YouTuber from decades ago that I, I got made me pretty interested in the caribou mining district history and thinking outside of the creek. Uh, he's pretty well known in YouTube, Darcy Cooper. He's from <laughs> Parkerville area, um, but he he got me to think more about high benches and stuff. Where where I live now, it's a complete different animal than when I lived, let's say, in Washington State, where we had both glacial deposits and and stuff coming from loads from outcrops. Here in Ohio, in the Midwest, we have no natural occurring gold in our area. It, it was all brought down from Ontario into Ohio and Indiana. And like I always tease the, our Canadian friends in Ontario, no, you can't have it back. It, it, <laughs> it came here, and now it's ours. So, <laughs> so Secret Creek Prospecting says, Allie, I picked up one of your one grand bags of pay dirt. Thank you. Aww. Happy holidays. Allie and Mining Crew. Now you guys understand that if you don't buy a bag, he's going to be the only one with a ticket. He's going to win That's that right. three grand. Right. He's going to win it yeah, automatically. That's right. So, That's right. So get over <laughs> there and pull a secret creek and buy them. More grams you buy, the more <laughs> chances you get of winning a three gram bag of Peter. Yeah, mind by these two right here. There you go. Uh, yeah. Speaking but, uh, of, by the way, you didn't, you didn't. Uh, can I ask how much your one grand bags are? Uh, in Canadian, they're eighty nine. I think in U.S. it works out to sixty nine. Yeah, I might have to scrape some pennies together and get a bag. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I think that's what it works out to. It just it automatically converts to your currency when you go to checkout. Yeah. H D shovel ad says sixty nine dollars. Uh, oh, you would go. know. I, I he believe I'm sure he bought got, a bag already. He's got two of my bags from last year. He still hasn't panned them out. You should oh, yeah, see how many that. pay dirt bags that guy has. He, I know. I'm surprised he, he don't have a walk in safe. Uh, <laughs> I hope he does. With all Secret Creek bags. Prospecting also has a question for you, Ali. What's okay. your favorite piece of equipment to use on your claims? Definitely the bulldozer. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> anything, yeah. anything big that you can drive, huh? Yeah, you can change the landscape <laughs> in like a couple hours. So that's yeah, that's the that's the the most fun. But what is more interesting, I think, is an excavator because you can do so much more with it. Yeah. Like if you know, like Alan is amazing. It's like watching a ballet. 
it's the weirdest thing. Like you think excavator, oh, well, he's just, you know, sticking a bucket into the ground. But no, what happens after you're done, like you can, the things you can do and sloping and digging ditches and all the uses it has, that's probably the most useful piece of equipment. But the funnest is the bulldozer. Yeah. Yeah. So Indiana Gold Getters, Scotty, what are we bidding on? You're not bidding on anything. Allie has decided that she, if, <laughs> if you order tonight, um, and there's no there's no code, right? Just, no code, but I'll just know because I'm the only one who sees the orders. Okay. So I know that whatever you've ordered, if you order a one gram bag, you get one entry. If you order a three gram bag, you get three. If you order a five gram bag, you get five entries. And that's for a three gram bag. And my, I always put in extra because I don't like put like people panning and if they miss the flower gold or the finer stuff because our gold is a little bit darker like make sure you pan this stuff into a tub and redo it I because <laughs> but that I always put in extra because I because I can because it's ours and right. because I want you to be satisfied with what you're buying awesome. so uh, do you do you sell the majority of gold through your pay dirt bags, or do you also sell a chunk to gold buyers? Oh God, the pay dirt, it, that's just kind of to get, so I don't go insane during the winter. <laughs> Something for you to do. Can, yeah. Can you guys see that okay? No, I don't think so. Okay, a lot of light on it. Up a little higher, that's, alley. That's down in our pater. That's um, that's uh, that's how much cribbing come out of one wow. of their one of their underground houses. That's down fifty feet, and that's uh, as I'm digging. That's what it looked like. That's yeah. a lot of wood down there. Oh yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Take it down through their little shaft haul it across and build that underground. They were insane. I sit here and ball about being in a big piece of equipment with air conditioning and heat and <laughs> I'm covered. And I'm like, oh, this is such hard work. <laughs> yeah, listening to your favorite music. Yeah, right? And <laughs> here they were in the middle of winter lighting fires to get down to the pay. And oh my God, those guys nothing but respect they piss me off but i have nothing but respect yeah i'm telling you guys you want to see some cool videos some heavy equipment being moved some real live mining going on check out her channel she uh, have a lot of videos out she hasn't put out in a while but she's I gonna know. start again right yes i am, I am. I, i'm sure she has a lot of footage from the season there's a good pastime for the winter too ali that's true yeah no the painter was just i just do that because people seem to like having yukon gold or having also you know being able to pan if they don't have gold in the area so it's kind of cool they can see there's, exactly there's, a, there's a there's a need for it you know, there's yeah. a need for people selling painter bags. Um, yeah. You know. And so, as yeah. long as you do it right, I think, you know, you don't 
rip people off and you're right. giving them value for their dollar, I think, yeah, why not? Well, I, I think if I was in your shoes, I, I would offer pay dirt bags too. I would never buy gold to resell gold. Yeah. I, I do it by mining it. That's why I have no gold too. Whatever I find, I end up auctioning. <laughs> well, and us, like we have massive payments. Like our equipment isn't free. No, and, no. You know, you have huge monthly payments, and they're not only for six months a year; they're twelve months a year. And then you add the fuel costs and wages. Like you have to, you have to be good or lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Like we talked about before, it's feast or famine. That's and right. And I, I could imagine your fuel bills alone are in the thousands for a day. Yeah. No yeah. Doubt. I, what do we spend a day? Probably uh, $45,000 a day. Yeah, on fuel. There you when go. We're... we're I know it was asked a long time ago, but there you go, Ronald. Four yeah. to five thousand a day in just fuel. Yeah, when we're stripping, when it's you know when you're getting the ground ready for pay dirt. So yeah, that's our big fuel cost. When we're sluicing, it's if you're just hauling the pay down. If we got two trucks going. And oh uh, yeah, yeah, we're still at. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> Never <so>. mind. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got. I got to get no that. What you do is about five grand a day in fuel. Got to yeah. get those trucks to the wash plant, and then yeah, you have your excavator to load the wash plant, right? And then yeah. the excavator feeding the wash plant, and then the generator running the conveyor belt, and then you have the water pump pumping the water. It's never yeah. ending. The excavators will go through hundred gallons a day each at ten dollars a gallon. Yeah. The dump trucks are hundred gallons a day. A bulldozer, if you work it really, really hard, it can do up to 200 gallons in a day. So that's $2,000 just in the bulldozer in one day. Yeah. And then, then to jump on top of that, you know, there's your food, your fuel to keep you warm in your trailer. And then you have to pay uh, the magistry for water rights and all of that also and wages and on and on insurance you name it, it greenhorn, just... i think greenhorn greenhorn uh miner here looking for a job and he's up in that area uh he's in oh. the caribou but he oh. wants to go look for work in the yukon he said oh there you go it's not easy if you don't have any experience no, it's... He's, he's, a, he's a greenhorn prospector. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> well, prospecting is a lot easier in the caribou than it is where we are. But, yeah. But in where we are, everything's frozen solid. If you don't have big equipment, you can't get down. Yeah. We have to do our prospecting a year before we decide to mine it. Do it in the fall. And, uh, yeah. Or you have to drill it. Yeah. One or the other. If it's frozen, we don't have much option other than to drill. Drill, drill, yeah. drill, sample, sample, sample. Yeah, we try not to do that. We try to dig, we try to bulk sample, but you can't always. 
if you go into a valley that's frozen solid, there's not much you can do. You rip a hole with a cat and then and then dig some frozen dirt, pater it out, and then thaw it and then sample it. Mm, fun times. Yeah. Model Mining says, uh, I'm a machinist, mechanic, prospector, certified mining supervisor. Have I got a chance? Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, there's a handy guy. Oh, wow. Look at all these guys. Uh, the Greenhorn Prospector. I can run equipment, loaders, haul truck. See, you use. Uh, when do you take there resumes? <laughs> I always take resumes, but I tend not to talk to anybody till March because there's all people are like, yeah, I'm coming with you. I'm coming. I'm coming. And it's like December, January, but we don't go till April, right? When right. it stays, well, when it gets above zero during the day. And by that time, they've always, oh, I couldn't wait for you. I found a job. So then you're left hanging, right? So I tend not to even look for people until March if we need them. Right. Okay, guys. Because then you know they need a job. <laughs> Don't contact them until March if you're serious. If you're not yeah, serious, exactly. don't waste their time. Well, yeah. so many people in the past have burned us, right? You're, oh, rah, rah, rah. I've had a whole crew right. right through days before I'm ready to go. Mechanics, operators, welders, everywhere. Like One of them, oh, well, my wife found out I was going, so she dropped the kids off here, so now I can't go. And yeah. Day, well, I got my dream job back east, so I'm heading back east with my new girlfriend. And, you know, stuff changes <laughs> over the winter. And they just leave you hanging. Where and then we're like, oh God, what so do we do now? So, so now it's like I wait till the last minute. So they're begging and pleading to come up there, and then they 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 drop you like a hot potato two or three days before you're ready to leave. Them. Yeah. Now you're in a bad spot. Just have no crew. Just when you start. Yeah. Always something. Uh, Troy Johnson wants to know how long your season is. <laughs> Seven uh, months max. Yeah. Usually beginning to mid-April till mid-October. This year we we got, well, that was kind of crazy. We closed up camp October 14th because it was getting down to minus 25 or 30 at night. So we can't do anything, like everything freezes. So we shut everything down, winterized all the equipment, brought all the pumps, everything up, went to town for slept for three days and the weather warmed up and alan and i looked at each other and we're like should we <laughs> yeah we went back out there for six days yeah spent two days like putting everything back together and thawing shit out and sluice for two days and shut her down again all our all our pipes were frozen like the big oh pipes god were all the hoses pipes were all frozen we put the oh. hose on the truck exhaust to thaw yeah. it out <laughs> Uh, oh no, you don't have the fever. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's money to it's get through the winter. It's not fever, it's need. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Call it what yeah. you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have six months to think about. It. If I would have just lose for two or three more days, right? we'd be able to buy food, you know? Yeah. We'd have this much more money. And it was just Alan and I, so it wasn't like... Oh, let's bring our crew back out. No, we just right. went back out. and Yeah. So it was okay. It was worth it. Yeah. So what, yeah. What's, uh, what's in your future? Any uh, 
any bigger things to come? You already got some big equipment. I know. Uh, well, there's always more equipment. I don't know. We're um, <laughs> <laughs> no. I think we're pretty well set up now with a couple forty-ton haul trucks. We got the two bigger excavators, and we got a D10T, and we bought a D11R, but. That's a whole YouTube video with Finning, and I'm not going to get into it tonight because I'll end up drinking six beer and bawling. <laughs> so, well, we don't yeah. want that, I guess. <laughs> no, no, you don't. But yeah, so I think we're pretty well set up now. So I'm hoping now that this is our third year on that creek and we kind of have a lock on the pay streak so yeah. far. I'm hoping for big things and more, more old timers artifacts. I want to find that other boot. <laughs> empty, of course. What's that? Empty. Yes, empty. No foot yeah. inside of it. No, no, no. Yeah. So other than that, I don't think we have anything. Yeah, that's right. So like, do you guys use metal detectors at all? We do not. Because there are so many hot rocks up there yeah. that that thing would just go beep, 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 beep. Mm -hmm. And you'd, right. you know, right. you'd lose your mind. We've talked about it a lot. It's getting a, a really good one because the cheap ones, when you turn them on, they scream until you turn them off. And there's nothing you can do to stop them from screaming. They just start screaming because there's, you know, there's so much mineralization in all the material. Uh, Terry. Yeah. Terry. Curry wants to know, Allie, if Gold Rush people approach you, would you go? Yeah, I would, because I would like to not make payments on a credit <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. No, I think, <laughs> if, yeah, why not? I mean, it's not. Uh, yeah, well. We, we, we've spoken to a lot of people that have been on those shows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and? So I'm going to say for that. Oh, okay. I know. I always, it's I not, always... It's, I'll just say that it's not, it, it's not what it's cracked up to be. I, I do guess, know I that. guess it can be, but it, it's not. I mean, let me I, ask you this. Are you into doing drama? Can you be the drama queen? No. Well, you're out of luck. I know. because, And that's the thing. Like, I will tell you this. When uh, uh, Freddie Dodge, the, that show, they, uh, they found me from YouTube. And they messaged me. And they said, hey, do you want to be on our show? And I'm like, not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> You know, first right, of all, right. it's called mine rescue, which means you're in trouble. Right. Right. Wait, we were in, are we in trouble? <laughs> yeah, but I was like, not really. Why? What's the deal? And uh, they're like, well, we come in and uh, we make upgrades to your plant. And I said, but do they actually work? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, they work. And I said, okay, but is this going to be like all the other gold rush shows where you're going to make me look like some psycho 
and screaming at, at you're going to make me scream at everybody for a week. Like, is, is this what this is about? And he goes, well, you'll only look like a psycho if you are. And I'm like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I am. And I'm going to get an upgrade to our plant. So ah, let's do it. But they did, they did take a lot of liberties. They, uh, every time, if you go and watch that episode and you don't see my face while I'm talking, they inserted. Yeah, they dubbed us. They dubbed us. Yeah. So they, they chopped up our sentences and made up sentences to say what they wanted. To say. I wasn't right. really happy with the whole storyline, but I knew that they have to make a big story about it. And it was worth it anyways, just to meet those guys and the crew. They were amazing. Well, so yeah, it's their job to give the people public what they want, right? So they right. So yeah. was uh well then, uh, here's a sixty-four thousand dollar question: Did your upgrades improve your process? Yeah, those yeah. those dams that they put in the trauma, those that was were a really good great idea. idea. We're not trauma people. We used to always have screen dams. Yeah, so this was new. And we only just bought this trauma just before Freddie got up there. And they phoned us and asked, "Well, is, does your plant need any work?" Well, yeah, yeah, because needs to be you know, it needs to be It was. It's almost new, but. It was all engineered wrong from end to end. And so we gave them a whole bunch of things that our plant would needed to be, you know, changed, fixed, repaired, changed around. But Freddie and Juan are only there for seven days. There's only so much you can do in seven days, especially it pretty much was a torrential downpour the whole oh, time it there. So, rain. And if you've ever welded in the rain and stuff, it's not fun. So they did the best they could in seven days. And the plant could still use it could use another 14 days <laughs> yeah but, but what they did was really good it was and good. i don't know if you guys got to see it in the states but freddie he put it they put it on the canadian episode freddie and juan made me a beer holder for the sluice plant did you guys get to see that i haven't watched the show Oh, okay. Never mind. go ahead and explain what you're talking about because some of, our, some of our chat room has. Okay. So when we're, we do the first cleanup, like after the five hour run and that's, you know, our deal after a long day, we'll take a couple beer up and, you know, clean the mats and just enjoy your day's work. Right. So, and every time I spill or somebody spills, cause you're slapping mats and you're running the hose and your beer spills. So when Freddie and Juan came to, watch the cleanup and I'm like you know I would really appreciate a beer holder just because I waste so much beer by doing this then so before the end of the show they had welded together this beer magnetic beer holder and they painted it gold and it sticks to any part of the plant and I swear to god I was more excited about that than the upgrades they did and the show is real. Like when they yes. when they do a five hour run and we clean the box, that is That's exactly real. five hours. Yeah. And it's exactly how much gold we got. There is no funny business. No. And after it's done, we do exactly a five hour run within a minute. Yeah. And then whatever gold there's no they don't make up that story. That's that is real. That is all real. Well, yeah, it so seems just, like Freddie Dodge was a no BS type of guy anyway, compared to 
some of the others yeah Freddie and Juan they're both like that they're just like this is we're here for you for five I think they had five days of work they could do because when you take into account the filming and whatever yeah like this is what we can do for you but they genuinely want to help you and that's what I love about them because it's not about oh let's look good on tv they're like how we really do want to help improve your gold cut recovery. And that's the way they are. Like they're just, I honestly can't say enough good about those two. And the nature of the beast is having a film crew does slow you down. And there's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, they're coming and changing things to get the angle and asking you questions and stuff. I mean, it's, yeah, it's irritating. Like you're, if you were just doing a job, you would get more work done if you didn't have someone asking you questions and sticking a camera in your face all day. That's, that's a fact. Yeah. It's, it's just the nature of the beast. So yeah, it is what it is. But that was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a, that the whole crew that was there, every last one of them, the, the girls with the food, the safety girl, and all of it—they're all really, really super nice people, and they're—and they work pretty hard. I had no idea I what know, it took to be right? a cameraman. Holy. Those freaking cameras are really heavy, and they carry them around all day in the mud and the, the pouring rain. And the sound guy—same thing. That box that he carries around is really, really it looks like heavy. A big piano on it's, his waist, like it's it's um there's way more work way 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 more work than i get credit for i didn't know so uh, uh, something that that, that's always uh i've always wondered about when they come in and do this for you is there any kind of contract where you have to reimburse oh my god you might as well be applying to be a cia director oh yeah i swear to god Oh, the paper. It is insane. A thousand trees died for that paper. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Background checks, criminal checks, this waiver, that waiver. Yeah. What they told us is every time they they encounter so many things with different people that through the years that that's every time they have a bad encounter, you end up with another the lawyers make them create another page of baloney, right? Because they get themselves in the past they got themselves in some real fixes so now the lawyers have them do so much stuff it's it's a ton it's a ton you feel well, like yeah, but I, I, what i'm trying to get is, is is there a cost to you do you have to sign over a percentage of your your earnings for that year or anything oh, like God, that no. No, no, that's, that's always been a, that's always been a question in my mind about that one i've not asked because i hadn't thought about it till just now uh, you know, whether I'm sure there was lots of liability contracts that you guys probably signed, but was there yeah. any kind of money contract? No, no, no. Well, that's cool. So they come in, did did the work to upgrade your 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 system free just for the show. Well, there's a we made a deal to give them each two ounces of gold or something. Whatever, like that, that, was, whatever yeah. that was. Yeah, that's it's on the show if you if you watch the show, you'll see whatever's on the show, that's that's maybe what, that's, that's why what he it was. still has my nuggets. I was wondering about was that like a side deal between you guys or was that part of the contract? The nuggets? 
Yeah. No, no, he no, he did that for me as a favor because he like I'm like, oh man, this is so cool, but there's so much rock in it. And he's like, I I'll take it down and get it out, get that out for you. It's gonna look so cool after I'll bring it up next year. And but yeah, then they all got COVID and I couldn't see him. So he's gonna bring it up next year. I was just being funny and maybe seeing if he'd get on here and go, Allie, it's coming. No, I, I doubt very much that he would come out here unless you told him you were going to be here. Well, I should have texted him. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I've, I've reached out to him a couple times, but, you know, we're not going to beg anybody to be on here. No, yeah. if they accept the offer, excellent. Yay. If they don't, we're not going to bug them. With Freddie and Discovery, I don't know if he can. He might not be allowed to. to. I don't know this. A lot of times they can't talk about what's coming up, but if it's already been aired, uh, they can talk about what's been aired. Um, And as you you notice, we we mostly ask questions about you, not necessarily about any shows you've been on, but we're more about trying to learn about you guys, the people, not to show the show everybody watches, you know. Just more, more wood on the fire. I've been talking so much. So that's, it's really cold. <laughs> Is it cold where you guys are? It's 30 below zero here. Uh, not uh, that cold. Actually, it's well, warm it's for this time of year. <laughs> I think. <laughs> uh, Miller Prospecting or anyone else, uh, Remember, right now, today, only until midnight, I believe Yukon time, but I could be wrong. Uh, if you buy pay dirt, for every gram of gold in the pay dirt, you get one entry that uh, Ali will be on. Uh, the 27th will announce the winner. Every gram is one entry. So, make sure to go to their website, buy some pay dirt, and the more grams you buy in that pay dirt, the more chances you have of winning a pay dirt bag containing three grams of their gold that they mined. That's right. Our hard work right into your pan. Real Utah gold. Ooh, yeah. we're cold. We're at 42 degrees. Yikes. <laughs> What's that mean? Uh, we're pretty warm okay. for this time of year. <laughs> we're 30 weeks below. <laughs> <laughs> I'm freezing here at 42. Last, last night, we were the coldest place on the planet. No, today. Today. Yeah. We're the coldest place on the planet. Wow. Good thing I'm not in Alberta. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Good thing. It's just a. Some some really cold air came down from Alaska, I think. Uh, it's <laughs> minus eleven in Williams <laughs> Lake in the Caribou. Uh, Ert is in Minnesota at twenty degrees. Hey, Andy. Um, Nashville right now it's sixty-eight. Oh, hey, bite it, Ed. <laughs> The dog, the dog goes out, runs around the house a couple of times. She comes back, and her eyelashes are all covered in frost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Frost finger on her ears. Her, her 
whiskers are covered in frost. Yeah. Troy, uh, no, there's no discount. No discount on the bags. Uh, no. Just to get entered into the, uh, into the contest. That's right. No discount. Just every gram is an entry into a three gram bag. Yeah, and, and then we're going to do the draw on your guys' uh, YouTube on December 27th? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so get in there and get your Christmas gifts. There you go. Uh, 39 degrees in Denver right now. Okay, that's a little chilly, isn't it? Not like us, but... No, that's, that's not even freezing. Okay, yes. 68 is 20 degrees. Ed, really? <laughs> <laughs> that's like my summer <laughs> you're you're t that ain't celsius moto that's that's fahrenheit buddy fahrenheit it's like heat wave to you up there in canada okay yeah exactly <laughs> also also uh miller prospecting wants to know do you have to be present on day of drawing Oh, hell no. No, hell no, she says. We just need to draw the name. Once they've, they've paid their, their money, they're in, right? Right. It's, but the drawing will be live here on the 27th, Dylan. But they'll have your mailing, your shipping exactly. information and everything. And if yeah. you you can't make it for us to go, yay, Dylan Miller prospecting, woo 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 woo. Somebody it's okay. They'll they'll send it to my house. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Uh, hey, Chris. Good to see you, Yeti Mountain Trading. Uh, of course, you know I'm joking, Dylan. You you know I'm joking. But. That's funny. <laughs> there is some cold. What are you guys at? Did you say what's your temperature? Uh, it's actually pretty warm at 45 yeah, where I live right now. <laughs> but well, that's, that doesn't feel like. I'm not sure what it's like, feel like. Right. Um, but. In my trade, I work, if I have to work outside, it could be hot, it could be freezing. I've, I've set trusses at 41 below zero once. Yeah. Uh, Ouch. That does not sound fun at all. Jody, it wasn't. 50? That's Celsius, you guys, in Saskatchewan, the province next to us. She says it's going to hit minus 50 Celsius with the wind. Burr. Burr. Okay, burr. that's, yeah. Yeah, that's not fun at all. Nope. Well, I hope it's oh. raining tomorrow, Robert, because I have to start a steel building roof tomorrow. <laughs> uh, not fun. No, no, but, you know, construction, it is what it is, you know. It is what it is. I hear well, that. Ellie, I, I hope you've been having fun tonight. We, this we're has going been on awesome. two, Yeah, we're on two hours. You believe that already? Almost, almost. Two hours still. Getting close. A little bit. I keep looking at the wrong clock. I got a clock over here that, that runs fast for some reason. 
ones like four minutes. Dan Hurd is in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Dan. How's it going? Dan, it's good to see you. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Right at the end, right where we're getting ready to close here pretty soon. Now, where's Pioneer Polly? You know. Yeah, there you go. I saw him a couple weeks ago. We went out for dinner. We were down in Victoria having a little vacation before we headed to Alberta. And yeah, he's a fun guy. I, I'd like to run into Dan and Pioneer Polly. Um, Dan's joined us on an open line Tuesday before. Pioneer Polly's been a guest a couple of times. Um, but I'd love to be able to get on the stream or river with them sometime next time I'm able to get to British Columbia. Yeah, that would be lots of fun. And Victoria, there's a fun town. I When I lived in Washington, we'd take the ferry over to Vancouver Island and go party in Victoria. There you go. But his dad is with Emily Rydell right now. Well, What's that? I, I know Polly did a video with Emily down in Seattle. Right. That so. was today. Yeah. I'd love to get to the caribou also, Greenhorn. I'd have to knock on Darcy Cooper's door. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Got to be wary of Brutus, though. He might eat me up. Polly is back in Victoria now. I believe it. Yeah. Uh, Dan, oh, heard, no. were you asking me a question? No, I was making the, well, I was making a general question. Who has partied with Dan Hurd? Because wouldn't that be a good time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So now, now we know. Check this out, Ed. Yeah. Dan Hurd is one of our lurkers. Aha. 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 He comes out. He comes out <laughs> when he heard his name. Oh, what are they talking about me? Well, Dan, like we say to all our lurkers, we love you guys too. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so now we just got him out because now we know he's a worker too. <laughs> Dan says he's old. You're never too old to have a beer by a fire. I don't care who you are. Uh, that's so old. Going out in the woods, having a fire, kicking back, putting your feet up on a chunk of wood, drinking beer. After a long day of yeah. shoveling. And the, and the gold pans get heavier and heavier as the night went on. And the nuggets right. Get it's just like a fishing <laughs> story. <laughs> Uh, that's and that's kind of the atmosphere we. That's the kind of the atmosphere we try to have here on Tuesday night hangout live, Allie. Uh, uh, to be like friends around a fire, sipping our drinks, uh, BSing about the day and whatnot. And exactly. So. No, it's been a ton of fun. I really enjoyed having or being able to be on this show. What a great way to spend a Tuesday night. Well, thank yeah, you. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, we like it. I mean, we love having people come on here. We can sit and talk, learn about them. You know, like I was telling, like I was telling Al, we're not, we're not about learning about the show you were on, 
You know, we're that's not what we want. We want to learn about the people. You, exactly. what you are about. You know, can can we hang out at the around the campfire and you know shoot shoot the crap for a few hours? You know, just laugh and giggle and have fun. Exactly. You know? Tell our stories. What's the point? Yeah. How many times we nearly? How died? many times we're? Yeah, nearly died or uh, nearly. This year we nearly gave up. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's the probably. first time ever. When my thumbs both got smashed. And- Smashed my elbow Ooh. when I slid off the side of a mountain. Almost ended upside down the lake. Said multiple times. How many times I've been chased by grizzly bears? I slid, almost got slid. eaten by a bear this spring. Yeah, three seconds. She made it to the door three seconds before the bear got there. This close. Wow. <clears throat> there's there's a gazillion of those. Yeah, that's probably why I didn't ask. I figured that's probably a daily occurrence for you. You know, something and, something dangerous happens to you, or you have close calls, uh, like a bear. that's the thing it makes it seem like we think it's normal now when you're being chased by a bear or when like something you know horrific's happening and it's like okay well we got through that and then somebody cuts their finger in the city and they're like oh my god take me to the emergency i'm like put a band-aid on it yeah what's if you don't have a band-aid what makes a bear Shoot, a little toilet paper and electrical tape works fine. Exactly. Super glue. It's your best friend. Yeah. I say rub dirt in it. Pack it with dirt. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Duct tape is your best friend. I'll I'll pull the red Yeah. (laughs) Until you had to take it off. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. I I think I I'll, I'll stick to electrical tape over duct tape. You know, you can uh, you can use duct tape to remove warts. What? Yeah. If I you did got not... a board on your hand, put duct tape on it. And leave it there. You leave it there for for a while, and they pull it off, and your wart will be gone. No. There you go. Me. You could now you could say you heard it here first, Ellie. <laughs> Don't believe me. Not only, try not only is this a prospecting live, but it is a home remedies live. Yeah, it's not, it's not doctor's advice. It's just, uh, it's just. I'm just saying that I've Dude, done that it and it doesn't rest. work. There you go. It has something to do with it not getting air. I guess what I was told. Huh, well, that's pretty cool. Didn't know that. One more use for tape. There you go. Yep. See, there's a thousand of them. Uh, we have a guy who works for us. Who's we call him Duct Tape Dave. Yeah, this is <laughs> If he welds up a pipe and, it, and his weld isn't good and it leaks, then he wraps it with duct tape. <laughs> his name is Every Red Green, time. is it? No. <laughs> he is hilarious. Um, like, literally, he has it hanging in his pocket. And when we're like panicking, because we don't have the tools and we want to get the sluice plant running. And his run. favorite, Alan will say, Dave, you got the duct tape. And I swear to God, he does this little jig and he's like, Yeah, I got a ring. He's got a pair of pliers and roll haywire. Yeah, haywire and duct tape. Roll and duct tape and off he goes. Here, check this <laughs> out. I just, got confirmation. I just got confirmation on the duct tape. <laughs> oh, Ohio, yeah. Ohio Relic Hunter says, Duct tape eats equals wart away. He says, uh, laughing my ass off. My wife's a dermatologist told me about that method on Friday. It works. 
Well, there you go. Wow. Huh. There you go. Yes, you may now address me as Dr. Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Duct Tape. <laughs> Dr. Duct Tape. I like the sound of that. Dr. Duct Tape. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Duct Tape. <laughs> uh, uh, disclosure, no, we're not offering any medical advice in any no. sort of way. No, God, no. <laughs> but I love Gorilla Tape. I, I will say this one more time. If you order any bags from uh, their website tonight, tonight only, I believe till midnight, Yukon time, or is that Alberta time? Let's just make it Pacific so that they have a few more hours okay. right, than everybody else. Until midnight Pacific Standard Time for every gram added to your bag, you get one entry for a three gram bag of their pay dirt to be drawn live here on Tuesday Night Hangout Live on the 27th of December. Yep, that's it. So order it oh, up. I'll put some pickers in there. You'll have fun pounding it. Right. You're right, Dan. I don't want a lawsuit. <laughs> so... <laughs> Just a little anecdotal yeah. thing there. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> You're right, Dad. Don't want a lawsuit. No, this is our, you know, prospector's opinion only about yeah, the doctor. Just, just, you know, it's just a, a antidote, something I've seen happen. That's right. Don't know why it works. But, you know, may have nothing to do with medical. No. Exactly. We are not medical professionals. It's no. scientists. We're just minors. We're barely professionals in anything. We just try to yeah, right. We're dead wall. It's called, in, I used to be a drag racer before I went mining. And there's a saying in drag racing is one, run what you brung. In other words, whatever car you got, race it. Don't worry about having, you know, the latest, greatest, bestest, right. most expensive. Gold mine is exactly the same. Whatever you got, Put it to use. Do the best you can with what you got. You know what else? It's the <laughs> it's the rule of kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. There you right. go. There you go. Honestly, you don't need this fancy fandangled bullshit that people are hanging off their high bankers and this and that. That's just my opinion. <laughs> I'm no expert, but I really find keep it simple. Everybody's and... always trying to reinvent the sluice box. Oh, I hear that. Rush. You know, Dan Hurd says, "Make it work." Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, sluice box. The gold is so heavy; it doesn't have to be that complex to catch gold. And, and sometimes the fancier stuff, like a buddy of ours showed up with some fancy new matting that he had, and um, oh he tried yeah, and that was gold right to the bottom. <laughs> and we put a pan underneath and there was gold in the pan yeah, at so, it. so it was like okay no, it's, well that's not good no, no. migration Maybe. is not good no 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 keep mm -hmm. it simple and you'll find that you'll be a lot happier you'll spend a lot less money <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, the most important thing is to get dirt through it. People yeah. do everything else but, you know, they're playing around, you know, the half a bucket here, <laughs> that and everything. The more right. yards that you get through, just fire it up and just pour the yards. It's about, it's about running it, running the dirt yeah. material across it. The more exactly. you run across it, the more you're going to find. That's you know? exactly right. That's right. They, they stratify it and classify it and all this, just show her through. Well, they, you do that afterwards. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. The dirt ahead of time. We just shovel straight up. Oh, yeah. Floor. We shovel like, rocks. and that poor little keen high banker, we were shoveling like while well, we rinse rocks like this big, but yeah, <laughs> we're we, shoveling gravel through like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, we, we just pour it to it as fast as you can shovel it, just about. Put the water to it. You rip out all those little spray nozzles, put some one inch nozzles in it, and pour the water to it, put in bigger riffles. And then you pick out any rocks that are like six inches and bigger, but other than that, you just shovel it through. And it works. Yeah, and all your goals in the first three ripples. Yeah. It works. The more dirt, the better. Uh, to answer your question, the Greenhorn Prospector, yes, they are also on Instagram. Um, there's the Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Well, YouTube hasn't been updated in a while, but yeah. Uh, yes, if up, running right? 200% more material means you lose 10% gold, you are still 190% ahead of the game. Perfect. Dan Hurd says. Yeah, it's exactly as, right. As Wayne Gretzky says, you. You uh, you don't score a hundred percent of the goals that you didn't take the shot. That's right. <laughs> just run the dirt. You know, set your box up properly, get your levels right, get your water right, and then just put the dirt to it. Run it like you stole it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Run it hard. Put it away. <laughs> put it away wet. And weary, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Wet and weary. Yeah. I I was trying to be polite since we have a lady as a guest tonight. Oh well, I'm not sure if you figured this out yet or not. Well, <laughs> I, matter. yeah, but I still try and be polite. Allie. Well, well, we do have ladies in the audience and children. True. Oh, ladies. do we? I shouldn't. You should have told me that. I well, at least, at least, at least, I think some of these guys have ladies for wives. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some of them. And happy birthday, HD Shovel Ed, brother! Yeah, oh, yeah, happy, happy birthday! Happy birthday, Ed! We call him the other Ed. Yeah. Ah. Well, yeah, he does, Colin. He's a teacher after all, you know. You would not believe how many people drop by our operation, you know, people from the cities just come to visit for a day or two, whatever, and start trying to tell us how to catch gold. Oh, God. <laughs> We're doing it all wrong. They've never got one ounce of gold in their entire life. 
We're sitting at around 70,000 ounces, mined in 10 countries, I think, prospecting well, you, more. not me. And they got to tell me I'm doing everything wrong, explain to me how to do it properly. I just hand them a beer and drive them to the train <laughs> station. <laughs> yeah, Dan says, I hate that. But yeah, he... it's like, let us do our thing. You just chill and yeah. shovel if you want to, but yeah. Every video, those T keyboard tough guys, huh, the Dan? Key? Exactly. They <laughs> know it all. It's the keyboard oh. warriors. I swear to God. It's like the, the uh, most popular ones, you're running too much water. You're not running enough water. They don't understand it. You don't have enough water. You don't create the vortexes. If you don't have the right. vortex, it does not rinse the lighter material out. And if you don't rinse the lighter material out, then the gold can't be driven down into the mat. You must have, like on expanded metal, and your first knuckle, one inch of water. Well, you have to have proper flow. You have your width right and your slope right. And then you just put the dirt to it and it'll do its job. Yep, it works. But old knows what to do is the people playing with it don't know what to do. The questions, <laughs> the, the questions I always hear that always, that always kind of are funny to me, you know, now. Uh, at what angle should I run a particular mat or system at? Well, you know, that all depends on what you're running. It depends on a lot of things. What you need to ask is, what should my ripples look like when I'm running what I'm running? And that's the same answer you're going to find from everywhere. You're going to want exchange happening, you know, at whatever degree, whatever, however much water, that's what you want. You want to see that exchange. There is a, there is a standard rule of measure that a good friend of Alan's in the Yukon developed and he pat well he didn't patent it he made it free for any miner and he will come out and set your sluice runs but as a general rule expanded metals an inch and a half to the foot start there yeah and you usually don't have to vary it much i use really coarse expanded metal i don't use the fine stuff and so you run an inch to an inch and a quarter of water over it and just have at her and i mean your riffles always do better if you screen smaller but when you're just high banking don't worry about it like exactly we, we have like a half inch grizzly i guess on ours yeah so so you wash everything on there you dump it on the grizzly and then your bigger rocks get washed and get knocked off we so knock them off so you're basically we're sluicing stuff that's more or less three quarter of an inch minus i guess three quarter inch minus mm, yeah probably going over the ripples yeah <clears throat> and and then you just give her and the hardest thing when you go and prospect in my hand is gold is heavy it's mostly not on the surface gold is mostly down on bedrock and if yours you can pat around all you want on the surface but a bedrock's 15 feet below you then most of the gold is going to be at least 10 feet down so it's very difficult to in lots of lots of areas to get down to where the best gold is by hand. Well, it's, we don't know about them in Ohio, though. No, I just said lots of places. Yeah. No, there's, there's oh, yeah, places. right. I mean, well, we've yeah. been, well, we've been finding out, realizing, Ed's been around doing this. What I've been realizing is that anywhere, wherever you go, it's going to be different from what, like what we do here. Everywhere. In California, the, the, the prospecting and mining there the way it's done there is different from what we do. We no, go out to our different. creek. 
<laughs> and we'll we'll only dig fifteen inches down. Max, because right. we're, we're looking for, for flood gold mostly. Right. Right. Oh, okay. It's flood gold, so we know that. Yeah, we can dig down to bedrock if you're in a good spot where you can get to it. Right, there are places. Yeah. But more, the majority of our gold that we're going to find in, in like our lease, our club lease, is going to be within that first 15 inches and every year because it gets nice. more it gets That's nice. every year. So we, we dig shallow and make a big footprint. Right. And, right. and of course, it's always, can't always go with the quality of material, so it's the quantity of material. That's exactly right. That's right. exactly it, yeah. Like, um, like, like for us here in Ohio, we, we want to move a lot of dirt, right? Yeah. Move it off the, the top 15 or so inches. Yeah. Right. Now, back but, home in Washington or California, right. I'd be looking for quality over right. looking quantity. For price, looking for good, you know, good spots where the gold's at. Different type of mining, but still the same results. Exactly. You know? uh, down, down uh, you go down to Georgia or to North Carolina or anywhere down south. That's a different process too. Now you got to deal with uh, a lot of other heavies. You know, they're magnetites. They're, they're they got a lot down there. I'm sure you guys have a lot too. Oh man! So like everywhere is... you go, it's going to be different. So you just got to learn it. Uh, like is... I said, you got to learn your equipment. Learn your equipment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, learn your equipment's limitations and whatnot. And you always preach that, you know. Yep. Learn your yeah. learn your tool. Learn your equipment. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know what? You throw dirt at it till it works for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, if, if your riffles are packing, you usually steepen them a little bit and turn up your water a little sure, bit. Right. If you and metal it just you got to do whatever it is yeah some places have outrageous amounts of black sand i've seen it where we shut off our sluice plant and our the tailings are covered are just black from the black sand yeah like, it's, right. it's a bitch to clean sorry mm. for the children listening <laughs> if there are but it's <laughs> terrible be by now. okay good they better be where the hematite and the magnetite is large. It's all the size of your end of your finger, ends of your thumb. And I remember I changed creeks and I had my riffle set at three inches. And it, they just pack solid full of chunks of hematite and magnetite. And there's a great watch. And I phoned the engineer and he said, Oh, just stretch them out a half an inch. And I did. And that was it. I washed it out. So, you know, every, like you say, every place is a little different. You start right. off with your standard and then adapt. Right. You got, you, you have a standard, sure. You know, I mean, for us, like, we, I was always told uh, inch for every foot of sluice. So if you got, you know, two feet of sluice, you're going to have, you're going to be up two inches. Well, that's fine, but that's not, you know, sometimes your water flow is not that good that you're going to be able to do that. So you have to adjust, even in the same creek over and over again. I mean, there's we've gone to... You go to our our creek. Sometimes the water is heavy, running pretty good. You set it up, set your sluice up one way. Next time you go, it's not as water yeah. not as deep, and, and now you got to set it up different. But you're still running the same material, right? 
Yes, and some gold's different too. Some gold's like little canoes. It's really oh. flat and it's kind oh. of beveled. Yeah, see, our yeah. gold, our gold is uh, uh, fly poop, gnat poop. I mean, small, a small lot poop. of a very small. Yeah, not, not that there aren't pickers and nuts, but the majority of our stuff is going to be fly poop. But then again, globally, that's what's there mostly. That's true. Right. Well, they say most of the gold is microscopic floating in the ocean. That's what I've read. Right. Just wait till they figure out how a way to mine that. Gold prices will plummet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like if Elon Musk or those other guys go up and mine that meteor or meteorite, whatever it is, that supposedly has quadrillions of dollars worth of gold on it. There's a piece of gold. Ali wanted me to show it to you guys for some reason. Yeah. Very flat. Yeah, uh, that's a nice nugget. It's, well, I've read. I don't know anything, right? All you, all you know is what you read. But... Um, <laughs> They say that all the planets are made out of the same material. They've all slammed into each other. Like in our solar system, we started off with 100 planets, and now we have, what, nine? And the Earth and the moon were made by two planets slamming into each other, and the moon broke off. So in theory, if that's the case, then the metallurgy in every planet is going to be very similar. So there's going to be more or less the same amount of gold in every other planet that we have in so I don't know about any one, you know, asteroid or any one meteorite having the same percentage of gold of what we have here because we're, that still, we're try, still trying to figure out where the gold come from we got here. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, what do I know? Right? I I'm like you. What do I know? But my theory is, creation is a magnificent thing and. You know, if it happened in the Big Bang and it all accumulated then, but the Earth recycles it and churns it up, melts it down, pushes up through cracks and fissures, and it ends up becoming a load somewhere in an outcropping somewhere or in an intrusive rock formation somewhere waiting to peak out someday, you know. I uh, yeah, have all different ones. The epithermal deposits are sort of like a, like a hot spring, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, or, and it comes up and it's spread microscopic through a, or a very large area of rock, and then you have your big gold veins, and small gold veins, and all everything in between. So... There's a multitude of different deposits. I mean, what I'm impressed with is today we spend trillions of dollars, people all over the world, hard rock companies doing all this fancy stuff to try and find gold. But somehow or another, the ancient Egyptians 5,000 years ago stared at these mounds and went, hey, I, I bet, bet there's, there's gold, gold in inside there. that mound. I mean, we can't see it, but I think it's in there. And then they dug tunnels into the mound, and they brought out the ore, and they smashed it up with, with sledgehammers, and then they gave it 
to the girls in these little cups with a little flour grinder and they ground it all into powder and then they heat leached it with cyanide and that's how they got the gold to put on all the mummies like where did they get that from we can't find it today and they thought all this up <laughs> like i'm sorry but it's very hard for me to call it bad. i'll tell you what you want you, you you want to read something about what you're talking about Sure. What is it? I can't and see that. Gregorius of Arcola, the the <laughs> Metallica. It's all okay. about mining from the very beginning. Really? Oh, cool. Just think if that Mexican partner of mine could read. Spanish. Spanish uh, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, Rel. I'm a, not uh, saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I love right. that. Well, you gotta wonder. You gotta uh, wonder. That, that reminds me of a question from our friend Ronald at Earth Radio. He says, up in the Yukon, have you ever had any extraterrestrial experiences or weird animals? Yes. And that's on my, the prospecting video, that footprint. I don't know if you guys watched that one, but it was a footprint and it was four toes and I didn't put my boot beside it, but it was, it was like 17 inches, long. 17 inches long. And it was right on the creek bed, and it was one footprint. So it was a humanoid footprint in the mud right beside the creek with four toes and 17 inches long. And it had all the, you know, if you step in the mud, your foot's not flat, right? You're, the contours right. of your foot, it has the same contours as like a human foot. So I have no idea that is what the made that. That is the creepiest thing I've ever seen. And I said, let's get the hell out of here because it was fresh. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was, it's a narrow, narrow, long humanoid, not like a bear. Bears are short. So there, yeah, there's one photo on my prospecting video, and yeah. it's just uh, that was this probably it made the arm my there, hair there's, on my yeah, arm yeah, they, stand I put, up. I put my foot beside it before. And yeah, you know it's like six inches longer than my foot, so yeah, yeah it makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck. I should have should have went back and put a measuring tape on. Yes, it or some says now we have a picture of the footprint. But you can't tell how big it is. No. So it doesn't look like anything. But yeah, that was pretty. But funny. other than that, alien things, no. But you know, you see weird shit in the Yukon sky every night. Like it's it's so there's no cities, right? Like the entire Yukon. Yeah. Holds yeah, no light pollution. No, oh, there's only forty two thousand people living there, and thirty five thousand of them live in Whitehorse. So the rest of us are scattered, like. And every night you'll see something weird in the sky. You can see the stars better, I think, because there's less pollution, period. Right? Yeah. It's very clear. Uh, the aurora borealis don't mess with the sky viewing much other than, Sometimes I mean, stars. It's, it's, you don't always have that, right? Well, most nights are clear. It's only the odd night that you get that, unless it's farther into the winter. You know, like January, February, March is when you really see it. Yeah, oh, September. Okay. But, a little bit yeah but in yeah. the summer you got to remember like may june july august you're you're running 18 to 23 hours of daylight in the yukon 
we've we've had guys that worked up there for two years and they've never seen the Northern Lights. Yeah. Okay. Don't, all all right. Uh, all you guys that are leaving, good night. Have a good night. All right. And thanks for joining us. Yes, absolutely. Uh, make sure pick up your pay dirt bags at yukonalley.com you know have a chance to get in on that three gram bag on the 27th just a reminder it'll be a gutter <laughs> um, hey, Jason. that'll be fun we'll all be like fat and hung over from Christmas probably so it'll be <laughs> like definitely fat <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll be just coming back from California then, too. Nice. Uh, it's nice that I'm going, but kind of, I don't like the reason why I'm going. My mother passed away in October. Oh, and she's, her funeral and memorial services on the 20th this month. So that's why the show's canceled on the 20th, everybody, because I'll be in California. Oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. That's never easy. Well, I I appreciate it. Uh, She was 92, 91, lived a good full life, helped a lot of good people, and... um, that's I'm good. proud to be her son, you know. I could have been a better son to her, to be honest. But, you know, uh, she was a great woman. And, um, but, yeah. I I wish I was going there for a prospecting trip or something. But, no. It's there to oh. be with family and friends. Yeah, that is sad. I lost my mom last year too. And it's just, she was my best friend and really my biggest supporter. And when that went away, I just, it's really hard. Like, you know, I kind of turtled and went into a, I don't know, depression, whatever. Like when you lose your biggest fan and your biggest supporter, it's never easy. Uh, my right. condolences, Ali. Uh, I can empathize with you. Yeah, it's not good. Oh, oh David Villa said Callie ran out of gold last weekend, so I, I couldn't get any anyway. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, we're about a half hour into overtime. Uh oh, we better Thank, go. Thanks. Thank you two very much for joining us. I've thoroughly enjoyed tonight's show. Um, it's been a pleasure. And thank you, thank you everyone. Oh, you're more than welcome. It's been our pleasure, right, Jesse? Absolutely. Uh, well, we had a lot of fun tonight. Yeah. Well, I, I hope you did. I, I, I haven't watched all your videos, but I've watched a few of them, and they've been enjoyable. Oh, uh, good. I can't wait to see your new ones. Hope you start showing some reclamation too, a little bit here and there. We will you get know, in. It helps. It helps the community. I agree. It does. And I will do that. I'll make sure that's a focus next year. And in the meantime, you'll see all our old timers BS from this year. Cool. We're around here cool. till 
So if you are really bored one night and you want someone to talk to, you know how to get all of us. Exactly. There you go. And you never know. We might take you up on that. So, so as, uh, as that is closing out the show. <laughs> every, everyone, one last keep, time. I have to keep poking him. I have to keep poking him. Uh, remember, everyone, <laughs> one last time until midnight tonight, Pacific Standard Time is... When it all ends, for every gram purchased from their store, which the link's up above in the chat and down below in the description, you'll get one entry for a three-gram bag of pay dirt. Um, yep. Live drawing here on the 27th uh, during our open line Tuesday. They'll hop on, pick the winner. You do not need me to present, Dylan, if you're still here. Um, so don't worry. They'll mail it to me. You'll be SOL. Um, no, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, all of you out there, Dan Hurd, thanks for joining us. All of you, all of you from top to bottom, Thank you for joining us. Love you all. Love all Thanks. our lurkers. Yep. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you again for our two awesome guests. And I'm glad you had a good time because I had a great time. We had a ball. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, um, next week, we're having... Oh, I'm going to butcher your name. <laughs> uh, Josh uh, we're having Josh Rinke, uh the new publisher, owner, publisher editor over at International California Mining Journal in my opinion the best mining prospecting magazine on the market oh cool um, he'll be our special guest, so I hope to see you all then. Until next time, may you always have a flash in your pan. You know, awesome. Good night, everybody. That's right, because it, it, you never know it may happen. Ask numerous people in the chat. It does happen. Maybe one day, too, we'll meet you on the river. Good night, everybody. God bless. Love you all. Until then, we're out of here. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, Dan. Good night. Brad. Good night, Dan. Have a great day, Brad. Randy, Scotty, Tony. Thank you. Bill, thank you. Moto Mining. Good night. David Villa. Greg. Gemstone Judy, great to see you. Love your artwork. Terry, good to see you, buddy. Jeff, all of you. Troy, thanks for coming in tonight. Appreciate it. Bruce Prospecting. Buenas noches, amigo. Still here. Nice job again.